Welcome to Leveraging the Laboratory, a Mayo Clinic Laboratories podcast for administrators, outreach managers, and laboratory professionals to learn how best to leverage and optimize the laboratory for patients, clients, and staff. I'm your host, Jane Hermanson. I'm the Outreach Manager at Mayo Clinic Laboratories. And joining me today are my two favorite guests, Brianne Newton and Ellen Dykman-Dulkas, Outreach Solution Strategists within Mayo Clinic Laboratories. Our discussion topic today is customer service, but most specifically, creating a positive customer service via the Outreach Lab because we know daily we touch our outreach customers through a variety of roles and functions. And if we follow a client life cycle, let's discuss some best practices for delivering customer service across that life cycle. So when I think about it, if you think about how you're going to provide service, it might be just safe to start with how we provide service to a brand new customer, because we know a strong beginning is going to set the foundation for a successful and hopefully long-term relationship. So Ellen, let's start with you. Assuming that the sales process is already complete, customers agreed to use your laboratory, what would you suggest as a first step to get that relationship off to a great start? Oh, that's a good question, Jane. And I'm asked that quite a bit. And I think for me, it's actually a two-step process. If I've never met the client before, and I'm assuming I've been involved in the sales process as the outreach manager, but sometimes the sales force is separate. I would go and I would meet the client. We want them to be successful within the laboratory once we receive a specimen from them. So I do some onboarding, maybe a train the trainer, or maybe meet with the physician and uh, go over like how to fill out a form and how to access the online handbook. And I really want to introduce myself as the point person for all their issues. Some clients are easier to work with than others. And it's not that clients are difficult. It's that they're very busy managing their day-to-day operation. So if they have one phone a friend, then I want to be that person to walk them through the training, education, onboarding, and even, you know, follow-up visits after. Now, I said there were two things because I'd also meet with my operations group back in the laboratory, and I'd want to meet with all of them to explain who the players are of the new business that are coming, explain to them what onboarding I have done with the client, also tell the operations folks that I want to be their point person should any issues happen that first week or month or until the client is independent and working perfectly. So I really want to be the conduit for both the operations and the client to be successful by being the point person to help mitigate some of those issues that come up. So it sounds to me like you're putting yourself in the middle and you're going to, you're you're (laughs) going to be everything. The outreach is really the pinch point between the customer and the laboratory. So you put yourself smack in the middle. Now, in order to communicate all kinds of stuff to the rest of the lab, there's probably a lot of information you need to gather. And Brianne, do you have any thoughts about what the most important data elements there are to actually collect about that customer so everybody knows how best we can meet their needs? Sure. Yeah. Ellen's analogy of, you know, I want to be the go-to gal. (laughs) I love that because on the customer side, I've got a a new lab or a new things happening, busy office, all this. I don't want to have to remember all these different people for whatever problem. It's like, no, this is my person. I know to reach out to my person and they'll take care of whatever I need, which is wonderful, you know, and and I love that. And, And I think that can be very successful for clients. Now, bringing one on board 
on the back side, as we all know, it takes many moving parts to get a successful launch of a customer and welcome them into the fold, hopefully as seamlessly as possible. So inside of that, it's good to collect as much information as you can about the client and almost create like a dossier or a report card on all the different parts and pieces because when you take that back, it won't be you that's handling everything. There's going to be other people relying on that information and the gathering of that information through you. The Mayo Outreach team, I can only speak for us, but we actually have a client intake or customer intake form that is designed to capture all of that. If you were to create your own, some of the things that I would recommend putting on there would be just starting with basic information. When are they open? What days are they open? Who's in charge? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. But moving through all the different elements. So for test results, it's going to be very important to capture the right contact information when there is a critical. These are going to be customers. Most likely they're going to close unless you're dealing with hospital customers. But if it's a provider location or, or something similar, you might actually have a place that shuts down at night. How do I pass on a critical result? And so capturing that, how is the billing going to work? Is it going to be third-party billing? Is it going to be client billing? What's that arrangement so that your billing team knows exactly how to set them up? Your phlebotomy and supplies, what are these different situations so that when someone looks at this report that you bring back, they can envision exactly from their piece of this whole is this is what that client's going to need. And then the ongoing, how do we get them to continue to be renewed in supplies or, you know, I'm going to have another phlebotomist on my team that's going to be located here and to take care of. And then I'd say the last piece and maybe one of the most important besides criticals is IT portion. That is what actual electronic equipment is the customer responsible for and what is the outreach responsible for and making sure to get that on hand or always have some on hand so it can be deployed in a timely manner so they're not sitting there waiting on a monitor from you or a label printer or whatever you know and that's holding up service so having a client intake form and developing one can be really valuable not only for yourself to put together the whole picture of the client but also you can then take it back to where you are and disseminate it to all the different functions and all the different parts that need to know their little piece for that customer success. So I think that's great because from Ellen's perspective, she's come in and she said, hey, I'm your person, mm -hmm. call me, I want to get everything straight. And then what you're talking about, though, is getting all of the information so that everybody is aligned really on both sides from the customer perspective and the lab perspective. So we really understand. And there's nothing worse than five o'clock in the afternoon. Somebody calls in a panic. My barcode printer's out of labels. My barcode printer broke down and there's no mechanism to actually take care of that. And those things happen. So when you think about service, it's not just the outreach manager or the salesperson or service person or whatever it is, as Ellen talked about, there are a whole lot of moving parts and pieces, like you said, Brianne. Brianne, from your perspective, who are the different departments or the different functions when you think about everyone who touches a customer and creates a service experience? How many are there? Who are they? <laughs> it's a hard question to ask and yeah. a hard question to answer because I'll use the answer that we give. It depends. <laughs> it depends. There's definitely 
separated out and delineated functions that need to touch the customer. How many hats one person's wearing to cover those totally depends on the outreach program itself because sometimes there's a lot of hats to not go across too many people. But the different parts and functions that I would say definitely is an IT component. I would even take what Ellen said, which is fantastic advice, and have kind of a, a team on site for the, that customer's launch day. Yeah. So if their barcode printer or reader doesn't work, <laughs> when we flip everything on, it's not like a, hey, welcome to the family. Sorry, something's broken. <laughs> and now we've got to pause. But there's someone on site to fix it. And it gives the, it gives the new customer, new client, a very successful and a very encouraging beginning to that relationship. So IT for sure. Whether you continue that relationship and all of the IT problems and issues and requests function through one contact person, or whether you give them a short list of contacts to reach out to is up to you. Maybe there is a designated IT person for each group of clients or whatever. So there's different ways to do it, but definitely an IT component. I think there should be a billing person or a billing component to that, that might funnel through the outreach manager, as Ellen suggested, or it could be a designated person that takes care of A through F or however you want to do it for your clients. But definitely someone that is well-versed and an expert in lab billing and knows their particular situation. I would say someone that is responsible or familiar with the couriers and logistics and supplies and, and that sort of part of the program, because that's a huge portion. They can't be a customer of yours if you don't give them supplies to collect and you don't provide a way to get it back to your lab. So that can be a big, a big piece. And then I think as Ellen suggested, again, just a general contact fix it all person. And that's someone that, you know, uh, I use in different businesses and different contexts, different parts of my everyday life where it's like, I don't know who I need to talk to, but I have your number. Can you please help me get in touch with the right person? And then that's your go-to. And that's, you know, I tried this, I tried this, those weren't the right people. Because as a customer, there's nothing more frustrating than having to explain my situation to every new person that picks up the phone. So having a go-to or having a designated contact on the other end of the phone can be huge for the relationship with your customer. I would just add, it depends on the size of the client. If it's a nursing home or a single physician practice, it's going to need much less support or different support than if you're integrating with another hospital health system. And, you know, then you really need to look at size and, and the support and almost treat it like a project plan with milestones and key stakeholders identified. So there's no one size fits all. But if you have your outreach person or a project manager, if you have a dedicated one for the lab, so to be the point person, then you can make sure it goes seamless. And there's always things you don't remember to do or, you know, you, someone you forgot to tell something was happening about, but you learn and you file that away because you won't do it again the next time. <laughs> I thought that just happened to me, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'll ask you, Ellen, if you had to think about the different things that, that Brianne talked about. What's your favorite? What is your favorite group that delivers service? And what do you think they bring to the table that's so strong for an outreach program? There's two, really. They both begin with a C. I think you can't go wrong with a courier. That is either it's your own courier or if it's an outsourced courier, I think they're the touch point with your clients day in and day out. And having a statement of work for the courier, I have them understand that it's not widgets or mail that they're picking up or delivering, that these are patient lives. 
You know, in my experience, a lot of them are retired men and women who want to get out of the house a few hours a week, or it's it's somebody that's working multiple jobs and don't have a laboratory background. A new client is very important, but you need to look at those contractors that uh, partner with you to pick up specimens. So I would say courier. The second one is your call center, because clients who have any issues are gonna call your call center if you have one. And so when I do a business review with a client, I will look at those calls that are coming in and how many of them were reworked. You know, Maybe they forgot a signature or the handwriting was illegible on a requisition. So getting metrics of the kinds of calls that come in. So any of those client-facing courier and call center, I think are the most important. Uh, doing the analytic work, you know, if you're a CAP inspected lab, I mean, you, you got the, doing the operation, the analytic piece of it down, but it's like Brian said, the after hours, criticals, the support to the client, both from the client and to the client, I think are the most important. Well, and if I think about the customer experience, the courier is the face of the lab. They're your eyes, they're your ears, they're your smile. They convey a professional or not uh, impression on behalf of the lab. And they also have the opportunity to bring some feedback mm -hmm. back to the lab based on what they see, regardless Correct. of whether they're employed or not. And our call center manager at Mayo Clinic Laboratories, Michaela Mitchell, calls the call center the voice of yeah. the laboratory. So we have so many of those individuals that are dedicated to serving a customer. That's fantastic. So Brianne, Ellen took a couple of C's out of that <laughs> list. <laughs> what do you think? Do you have anything that's favorite that um, does not start with the letter C? Well, I don't want to give it away, but one of mine would have. So you can tell Ellen and I are on the same brainwave sometimes because she mentioned different types of customers for an outreach program, I would venture into a different type of setup. So let's say that you are providing an in-office phlebotomist or something like that. So, or you have very heavily engaged draw site operations, which is another kind of piece of customer service in an outreach program. So I'm going to throw a P out there for our phlebotomists. So much so not disagreeing with you, Ellen, but just adding to in another scenario mm -hmm. is the phlebotomists. I think it's such a unique gift. If you think about the actual phlebotomy process is someone goes in, no one enjoys it. No one's looking forward to that experience. And you're able to change the impression and the situation and the experience to the point where oftentimes the patient is thanking you on their way out the door. And to me, that's, that's a gift is to be able to speak reassurance, to be able to understand any kind of apprehension or hesitation on the part of the patient to get their questions answered, calm them down if they're upset, whatever the situation is. And that's just the adults, <laughs> right? We're not even talking about dealing with kids or anxious parents. And so the phlebotomy experience itself can be painful. Unfortunately, you get the star studded phlebotomists in there who are amazing and you don't feel it, you know, when, during the phlebotomy process, but for the most part, you know, it, it can be unpleasant, but the customer service is really where it comes in to shine during that and to be able to change a patient's day where they were frustrated or scared or whatever to come in and maybe be able to turn that around and, and get some good out of that. So I think that's, for customer service, that can be just a rock star opportunity. Not to mention, if they aren't good at collecting, it's junk in and junk out for the laboratory. So it's not only a soft skill in dealing with patients and, and all the gray areas of dealing with people, but it's that really hardcore black and white skill of collecting quality specimens that's so important too for the lab. 
Oh, you couldn't have said it better. So I, I love you guys. And we didn't prepare this ahead of time, obviously. So <laughs> Ellen, you talked about the courier and I said, they're the face of the lab, the call center. Those are the, that's the voice of the laboratory. And guess what? The phlebotomists, they're the hands of the laboratory. And every one of those has a very transactional, hard part to their job, but the relationship, the soft skills, definitely the thing that really carries it through. So from my perspective, I kind of like the behind the scenes people because the work that they do, mm -hmm. it may not be seen, but there still is a service aspect to every one of them. I'll pick on two. And I wouldn't say they're my favorites because you guys took the really cool ones, but <laughs> I, I think that the, the behind the scenes is just as important the technologists and making sure that they're providing quality results and that the lab is providing great turnaround time because those are table stakes in today's world. You need to provide those core services. And the other piece is just making sure that the data entry is done right because, mm -hmm. boy, if you don't get the ordering physician right, they don't get the result. If you have the demographics wrong, you could be having an erroneous result on the, on a patient. If you don't get the billing information entered right, the patient might be getting a bill that insurance should be paying for. So all of those things tie in. So service to me, it really isn't any one role. We're all a team in doing that. And knowing that uh, we could talk about this for hours, but we won't today, I just want to ask one question. And as you guys both know, Ellen and Brianne, I always like to close with a rapid fire question. <laughs> so I'm going to do my rapid fire. I'm going to start with Ellen. If you had one bit of advice to improve customer service along just one area, what would it be? When I was working the bench in the lab, not everybody was aware of the impact they have with a customer when they call. And even though calls roll over after your after your call center closed, they go into the lab. I think having basic onboarding customer service classes or something is important for that overall customer experience, both so, internal and external. So you're you're thinking and, and making sure that the internal staff knows about the new customers and what to expect. Well, even just in general, you know, you know, when I was at the bench, I, you know, you're busy doing a hundred things and you pick up the phone, and you go lab, and it could be an external call. So I think just having an overall awareness on customer service in general, like you know, a lot of organizations are focused on lean and leaning the lab. I think customer service, I think if maybe we should do a little better job in balancing customer service in with all the other work we do. Right. Brianne, how about you? Any one thing that you that. wish we could do better? Ellen had a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so one that maybe I would come up with is Ellen and I joke all the time about teaching Amanda fish. <laughs> and so that goes back to onboarding your customers is putting together maybe an FAQ and your examples, steps, and maybe some processes, some, some sort of a lab reference binder for them, not a test catalog necessarily, because that can change. And that's a whole thing with trying to keep that up to date, but just some really good fundamental policies or steps to say, you know, it's very frustrating from the customer perspective when you're trying to get used to something new and it's like, well, oh, what are we supposed to do about this? I don't know. Call them. And then something next, what are we supposed to do about this? I don't know. We're gonna have to call them again. You know, so not only on the receiving end, trying to reduce the number of calls coming into the laboratory itself, but also frustration from the side of the customer thinking, golly, I don't really know how to do anything <laughs> until you have to figure it out. And sometimes that's a very frustrating process. Mm -hmm. So some of those, you know, is 
making sure everybody's clear with here's how we handle criticals. Here's how to add on a test. This is, as Ellen mentioned, this is how to properly fill out this form. This is what we expect for key pieces of information on a specimen, stuff like that to try to front end the education and the onboarding for your customer, teaching that man to fish so that later on there's not some unnecessary frustration while they're trying to learn. I think that's fantastic. And what you both mentioned is kind of my favorite thought is to create a team. So we've got the internal team within the lab. And guess what? That customer is part of our team as well. So really to create a team, knowing that we're all working together for the same goal. And what's that goal? It's to provide great laboratory services that's going to enhance the care for their patients. So as long as we're all on the same team, mistakes, misunderstandings, stuff happens, right? But if we provide decent service, good transactional skills, good soft skills, I think we can all get there. So here we are again at time. So Brianne, (laughs) Ellen, thank you. And one thing that I'm taking away today is that customer service is not a department. It's everybody's job. And when we've got the right culture, aligned staff, team, everybody's going to benefit. So thank you both again for today. And thank you to our audience for listening to Leveraging the Laboratory, a podcast from Mayo Clinic Laboratories. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. And until next time, we encourage you to to continue to promote your community-based hospital laboratory. The needs of the patients come first.